0: Welcome to uh, Summer at Central. We've been studying the book of Proverbs, and you're in for a treat today as you get to hear from uh, a guy who is uh, a very good friend of mine, but more than a friend, he is my brother-in-law. And so whenever I heard he was going to be coming to town, I was like, man, you got to earn your keep, baby. You got you to you preach for me. Uh, but Blake is a, a tremendous guy, a man of character, um, and uh, has a heart for God. And I would say this about Blake. We've journeyed together for. Oh, a long time, man. Longer, than, Yeah, we don't want to give, yeah. disclose our age up here, but a long time. And uh, I would say this about Blake. Uh, not only does he have a great heart for God's church, for his family, his wonderful wife Brittany's here, their wonderful kids are here, I'm sure he'll talk about them, but, but I've seen this man navigate some very sticky situations, and uh, he's talking about honor today. And uh, I've seen him honor some individuals that weren't necessarily worthy of honor but he honored the position, he honored the title, and he walked with integrity through very challenging seasons, very challenging circumstances, so I just want to honor you on that behalf uh, for it, first some things that some people would never, never know. So, with no further ado, let's give it up for my man, Blake Hanson.
1: Hey, wait, wait, it real quick, Al. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, love this guy. He's always been a leg I can stand on. Oh, boy. Oh. Cut, cut his mic. I'm on. Seriously, I'm no... On. Uh, <laughs> But he's always, uh, you, know, you know, not too many times I get to say I have a leg up on him either. Man, I got him all We day. got it. We got we, it. We got we, it. We, okay, no. Uh, but actually, uh, next week, give me a second real quick. Next week, I won't get to be here. And uh, this dude is my brother. Uh, I, I, I cherish our relationship. And uh, actually, a week from today is going to be his birthday next week. Oh, so oh, oh, hey hey here we go. He's turning a strong 25. Oh, uh, and so I thought, hey man, in your, in your state uh, I would get you a pair of socks. You could wear them two days in a row because one you know one foot. And check it out—it has this beautiful picture. You want Got tifalicious
0: just... on my socks now. Whoa!
1: Hey, come on! Just got on. an upgrade right here. Yeah. Hey, hey, look at that. Hey, that's pretty good. Let, <laughs> you show that it's off. It's a gift that keeps uh, on
0: giving, right there.
1: <laughs> seriously, Tim, go break a leg, man. No, no, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. It's—it's it's coming, brother-in-laws. Oh, man. Well, hey, welcome again. If you're new, we are excited you're with us. My name is Blake. Uh, I live in the LA area. I serve as executive pastor at Luminate Church. And uh, I love being here. Love being in Northern Cal. Uh, We went to the uh, Giants game the other day. They won last night. Let's go Giants. Yeah. The game I went to, they lost nine to three. It was rough, uh, but it was also cold. I'm not used to that. It is for reason up here in the middle of July, and uh, yeah, but it was a great time. So uh, enjoy being here. We really do. If you're new with us uh, or you're joining us online, welcome again. We're excited uh, that you're with us. Well, hey, I-, I love to have fun, right? Who loves to have fun, right? Like we love to have fun. Uh, I know here at Central we're in the series uh, somewhere at Central. We're looking at Proverbs, and it actually says this. Our theme verse four uh, seven says this. We'll throw it up on the screen behind us, and it says, "Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom, though it cost all you have. Get understanding." Ladies, turn to that gentleman in the room and say, "Get wisdom." Men, now turn to the ladies and say, "Oh, trust me, it cost all I have." Well, we'd love to have fun. I believe you should have a good time in church. If you can't have a good time in church, we're doing something wrong. So we're going to play a game. I'm going to ask everybody to stand up with me. This is an all-inclusive game. There is no age limitations. Everybody is joining in right now. Now here is the object of the game. It's the last person to remain standing wins. I'm going to read a statement. If that statement you agree with or applies to you, continue to stand up. If it doesn't, go ahead and sit down. You are out of the running, okay? So here we go. We just had July 4th. If you cooked out on July 4th, maybe you fired up that barbecue. Continue to stand up. Oh, man. All right? If you ate a hot dog on July 4th, continue to stand up. Woo! if you ate a hamburger on july 4th continue to stand up man okay <laughs> whoa whoa if you were red white and blue continue to stand up oh okay here we go if you've been a part of the central christian church family for more than three years continue to stand up. All right, five years. Oh, back here, we have our winner. Here we go, go. help me out with your name. Oh, whoa. Noni. Oh, Noni's still standing. All right, hey, I got, you know what, we have two winners in the place right here. Here we go, Noni. A little gift of appreciation. From us, and then my friend back here, Maya. Maya, There we go. There we go. Hey, give it up for Noni and Maya. Amaya. You've been a part of the Central Christian Church family. You honored July 4th. You had some fun, and we want to honor you and say thank you. It's a little token of appreciation from us to you. Thanks. ...for being here, and and thanks so much for what you mean to this church and legacy that you're leaving or creating here. Typically, honor is what Pastor Tim alluded to that I'll be speaking about today, is a byproduct of how we live our life. Honor, in the biblical sense, comes from excelling or using or living a righteous, loving, and holy life. In fact... We see that, and our reality is we're honored whenever we do well. For instance, if you're golfing, uh, you do great on the last hole. You hit the golf shot, and, and, you, and you get a birdie. That means you have honors on the next tee box if you beat your foursome. So people are are, are attributing to you that you did great on that last hole. Or maybe you're a student here in your National Honor Society and uh, maybe you're excelling because you have a good GPA or you're involved in uh, community service projects. You are a part of an honor club, or maybe you want a competition. And when you're in this competition, you take first place. So you uh, show up at the awards ceremony or the honor ceremony. We all like to be honored, but honor is a byproduct of what we've done or how we've excelled. And today the Bible is even clear on that as well. It says this in Proverbs 21, 21. Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life. Righteousness, and say this word with me, honor. Proverbs 22, 4 says this. The reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is riches and what? Honor and life. Even Jesus speaks about this word and he says this in John 12, 26. If anyone serves me, He must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will what? Honor him. This morning, I want to speak with you about creating a culture of honor. And we'll be looking at not only why honor is important, and we'll spend a majority of our time on understanding why it's vital to our lives, but we'll also be looking at how then we can apply it to our lives. We find these two words in the Old Testament and New Testament. In the Old Testament, we find this word kabod. And kabod means weight, worth, and abundance. And this is the term honor we find in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, we find the word tamao, which also means revere and value. And when we milled the two together, we get the definition of honor as we know it today, which means value, worth, and weight. So when you give someone honor, you show them, and what you're saying to them is, we value what they're doing. There's weight in who they are, and they're worthy. On the other side of the spectrum, we have this word, dishonor, and that means to take lightly, or, or a state of shame, or lacking of substance. And I don't know about you, I, I think we'd all agree in this place, we want people to see us in an honorable state. I want my wife to honor me. I want to honor her. I want my kids to honor me. I want them to look at me and say, there is value in my father. There is weight in who he is and what he's about. I want my employees. I want my my friends. I want my pastor to look at me in the mindset or in the lens of I honor that individual. No one wants to be in the other side of it in this dishonored format. No one wants to be looked at in a, in a state of shame. No one wants to be looked at as lacking of substance. But our challenge before us is this. Is we desired to be viewed with value, worth, and weight. But we do a poor job of creating a personal culture of honor. Let me say that again is, we desire to be viewed with value, worth, and weight, but we do a poor job of creating a personal culture of honor. Let me explain it a little better this way. Maybe you have a boss that just irritates you. So you get together with your coworkers, and you talk a little bit. You, you lead out a little differently than as if they were in the room. Or maybe your spouse, and you have a disagreement over who did what kind of laundry and how she shrunk your shirt? And man, that made you mad. And then you show dishonor to that individual. We, we come to a point where we struggle at moments where we create a, a not very good culture of honor. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Before we go any further about talking about worth, weight, and honor or in value to our life, let's pray bow your heads with me. Lord, we give you this time. Uh, we, we pray that you come into our lives, come to this place, and help us to become better individuals as we're here and we're talking about honor. May we honor you, may it be a byproduct that you are pleased with here in each person in this place, and may we leave better than the way we came in. In your great and holy name, everyone in this place says. Amen. Everyone in this place says. Amen. There we go. Well, here's why we should honor. Point number one is this. Honor releases blessings in our lives. Honor releases blessings in our lives. When we see ourselves as we truly are, no better or no worse, then we have the freedom to honor those around us. Honor releases the fullness of the lives of those who are honoring, but also in those being Honored. And we see this very clearly by this story of this man by the name of David, King David. Uh, But before he was a king, he had to honor a flawed and insecure leader. And we find the story in 1 Samuel chapter 26, verse 1 through 7. And I'm going to highlight it's a relatively large uh, story, and I'm just going to kind of break down and look at some principles here. Now, David, he had to humble himself before this man by the name of Saul. And if you know anything about the story, or maybe you're new and this is uh, the first time you're hearing this, Saul tried to kill David. He threatened David. He made David run, made David leave everything behind. And the kicker was that Saul was actually David's father-in-law. Now, that is kind of mind-boggling. Or maybe you're in a situation, you're like, that's not mind-boggling at all. Man, my father-in-law, he made me run for the hills, and so I moved across the states. That might be you in this place. But David was going through this challenging time as well. And it actually says this. So Saul has 3,000 men, and he's looking for David. And then in verse 3, we pick up a story that says this. "When When David learned that Saul had come, after him into the wilderness, he sent out spies to verify the report of Saul's arrival. David slipped over to Saul's camp one night to take a look around. Saul and Abner, son of Ner, the commander of his army, were sleeping inside a ring, full of form, or formed by slumbering warriors. Who will volunteer to go with me? David asked Ahimelech, the Hittite, and Abishai, the son of Zariah, Joab's brother. I'll go with you, Abishai replied. So David and Abishai went right into Saul's camp and found him asleep with his spear stuck in the ground beside him, beside his head. Abner and the soldiers were lying asleep around him. David understood that several of the steps To honor begin with this one word, and that's humility. See, Saul had not honored David whatsoever. And in fact, David could have took the problem into his own hands and killed Saul at this exact moment. But he doesn't. See, David is known as a man who chases and who is after God's own heart. But he understood that humility is seeing the true value, and pride is is when we don't see ourselves according to truth. It can be pride to think too much of ourselves and it can be pride that think too less of ourselves. See, honor gives us a glimpse into Jesus' heart. It shows us that honor is important because it's a key point to love. When we truly honor someone, we're willing to honor them and we're willing to put them first regardless. One of the primary elements in culture and society is the family unit. Uh, the col- culture and society operate the best when the family unit operates the best. And when that family unit is honoring one another, when the father honors their children or when the mother honors their children or when the kids honor their mother and father, honor is operating at its best and culture is functioning as it should. Now, you see it and I see it when honor is removed out of the family unit, things start to get a little messy, right? Things start to get turned up a little bit. And actually Exodus 20:12 says this, honor your mother and father so that you may live long in the land your Lord God is giving you. This is the first commandment with a promise. Children, when you honor your mother and father, you are saying, God, okay, give me that blessing in my life. Give me that blessing. Send it my way. Something happens to us in this, in this supernatural realm whenever we give honor where God ordains honor. And I'm going to invite my friend up here. His name is Evan. You know him. Uh, he is a great uh, uh, gentleman. Come on down, Evan. Come on, help me out, man. Give it up for Evan. <laughs> That's all we got. Come on. He's on that back row. And you're like, all right, hey, we got toys. Fourth of July. Let's begin right here. Come on, Evan. There we go. As Evan makes his way down. Here we go. There we go. He's got that sweet looking central shirt on right there. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. There we go. Now I'm going to ask him to hula hoop and we're going to count as many times as he can go. No, I'm kidding. Stand in that hula hoop for me, Evan. All right. Now, this water gun may or may not be full of water. Let's, Yeah, it's full. <laughs> so don't worry, I worked this out with Evan. But this is how we're going to illustrate the blessing of honor and how David worked it out with Saul. When we honor someone, we're choosing to step within that hula hoop, all right? Despite... What comes our way. So when it's easy, Evan, now let me ask, is that enjoyable? No, Evan (laughs) wouldn't want to do that. But whenever we're honoring someone, it's not always the most enjoyable experience. Saul was chasing David. Saul was going to kill David. And if I was David, you know what I would do? I would get out of that hula hoop and I would run away and I would do my own thing. But David continued to operate in this mindset of honor, despite what comes his way. And because of that, David becomes king of Israel. And because of that, God sees that and knows that, hey, you know what? I'm going to bless my child right here because I see that heart. David already knew he was going to be king before that. And you know, Evan, thank you so much for helping me, man. I want to give you a little bit. Hey, no, no, man. Hey, we're good. Get out of here. Honor releases blessings in our lives, and it's not always easy to honor, but God asks that from us. Number two is this. Honor is for all people. Romans 12.10 says this. The Apostle Paul writes, "'Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves.'" To have healthy relationships, we need to honor people even when we don't feel like honoring, just as David did with Saul. We have this big, at my home church where I'm I'm at, uh, down in L.A., Luminate Church, we have a pretty big lobby. And uh, now, what I'm going to tell you is maybe a little drastic, don't judge me for it, but I play this game on Sundays, and it's I I named it in my mind, who's going to give me the finger? Okay, Now, time out, not like that. What I mean by that is this finger of, come here. I'll walk through my lobby, and people will be like, hey, come here. And so I go this way, or people will be like, hey, come here. And I go this way, and, and I see what I can do to assist them or help them. And, and that's kind of my job and responsibility, but sometimes it can get taxing. And this one particular Sunday, this lady by the name of, of Ruth, she looks at me, and she goes like this, and I thought she's going to give me the finger, and goes, hey, boy, I was like, was she talking to me? Like, surely she wasn't talking to me. Like, does she know who I am here? She says it again. Hey, boy. So finally, I'm like, I'm going to pretend like I don't listen to this lady. I'm going to keep walking. And so I'm walking by, and you know how this sounds real cliche, but that WWJD came upon me, and I was like, what would Jesus do right now? So I turn around, and I go, and I wanted to say everything in my mind. I'm like, who you calling boy? I have a retirement. I have a mortgage. I got two kids. I work here. I'm in charge here. I can fire You name a person, I can fire them. I'm going to kick you out. And so that that moment had to compress of what would Jesus do? And I'm saying, I can't. Honestly, I can't say what even she asked me, I can't remember because I was so clouded at that moment. But when we truly are honoring people, we're treating them as royalty. We're coming to them whenever we are summoned. That's what honoring is. That is what biblical honor means to do. See, as we talked about, David became a successful king. He became a successful king in Israel partly because he understood honoring is when we honor people who maybe don't deserve it. He refused to come against the Lord's anointed, and it says this in verse 8 of our text this morning. It says this, God has surely handed your enemy over to you at this time, Abishai whispered to David. Let me pin him to the ground, and in one thrust with a spear, I won't need to strike twice. But David said, no, don't kill him, for who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed one? Surely the Lord will strike down, or surely the Lord will strike Saul down someday, and he will die of old age or in battle. The Lord forbid that I should kill the one He has anointed. But take his spear and that jug of water beside his head, and let's get out of here to have the best working and healthy relationships, we need to honor all those around us, despite how we feel, what's been done, or what we believe. Scripture's clear about a few groups of people that we should honor. The first one is this in Romans 13, one through two, and I'll highlight this because this is a a culture, uh, uh, I I would say it's always talked about, and that is this, it is we are to honor our political and civil leaders, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, Paul says, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, who resists the authorities, resist what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur Judgment. Leaders are in their position because God put them there. It's best we understand that, and it's best that we say, you know what, I'm going to honor them for their gift, not because of who they are. We're going to honor them for their position. That's what Paul is telling us here. We're also to do this. We're also to honor our spiritual leaders. 1 Timothy 5.17 says, give your spiritual leaders a double portion they're worthy of double the honor. Do the little things. Do the little things. That means your, your spiritual leaders here at Central Christian Church are Pastor Tim, the elder board, the church staff. Are we showing them honor in the little things? I know we had an epic VBS. I heard over 100-some uh, students came. That's amazing. A lot, a lot of lives were changed, impacted. My nephews were a part of that. Props to Miss Kristen and her team. Uh, that's amazing. When my nephews walked away, what I was more impressed with is my nephews walked away, and they're telling me about the Good Samaritan, that story, that parable Jesus talked about. And that blew me away. Now, I would ask you this. How many of us in this room who got to experience that, that that character shaping for our children? Did Did we write them thank you notes? Did we give them a gift card? Did we say, hey... I respect you. You took my kids off my hands for four hours. That alone is amazing. Thank you so much for doing that. But most importantly, you taught my kid the word of God that can move in our lives and can ultimately shape their destiny and future. Do the little things. Do the little things. Give them double portion, Timothy says. Honor our fathers and mothers. We touched on that in Exodus chapter 20. It's, it's vital to our family and to our culture. We're to honor all people made in God's image. We see that in 1 Peter 2.17. That means we're to honor our employers despite how they treat us, despite the overtime they put on us, despite what is said to us or behind our backs or maybe that call in or that write-up we receive. In the same way, we're supposed to also respect and honor uh, our employees. If you're a business owner in this place, treat them how you would want to be treated. Honor is vital. Honor is huge. Number three for us today is honor is an act of worship. Honor means to respect and esteem with our hearts. As we honor others, we give God worship in our relationships. Ephesians 6, 7 3 says this, work with enthusiasm as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good job we do, whether we are slaves or free. Well, you might be asking yourselves, how does that one apply? How does working with enthusiasm apply to honor? Well, because sometimes honoring people takes work. Honoring people takes work. It can be challenging We have this, uh, every every 30 days we have this rule with the team that I lead, is we assess our fundamentals. And what I mean by that is we, we go through and we say, hey, how are we doing with following up with people? How are we doing with showing people a genuine love or an authentic experience? How are we really reaching out to the people that God's entrusted us with? And also one of those fundamentals is how is your body language? How is your body language? Do you look enthusiastic? Because sometimes there's people who come in this place, come in our rooms, come in our churches for the only time they will ever have a life changing message of Jesus Christ is maybe on this particular Sunday. And if you're new in here, special shout out to you. I'm glad you're here. Join us next week. Pastor Tim and his cart will be right back up here. You don't want to miss it. Honor. Honor. Seriously, I wish I had a basket every time I preach, you know what I mean? Now i got to remember what I was talking about. <laughs> but when it comes to being enthusiastic, it's challenging to honor people or even put on that smile, especially when they don't treat us well. Especially when we're in tough, challenging situations. I know that firsthand, day in and day out. I've gone through some things. My wife and I have gone through some things. The challenging, the most challenging thing is saying I'm going to live in a posture of honor, especially when you're not feeling like it. So I talk with my team: Are you enthusiastic? Do you have some fire too? Do people look at you and say, "Man, I want what he has"? We had this uh, a a staff member, and we'd always have one-on-one. Great friend of mine. We'd have one-on-one conversations, and he would come into our, our worship gathering a lot like this, and. He would have his coffee mug, and he was one of those typical millennials. I'm a millennial, so I can say it. The older generation's off-limits. But he would take his coffee mug, and he would sit there, arms crossed, legs crossed, and he'd be on a Sunday morning. He'd be, like, sipping his coffee, and I'm like, like, service is going on. And, and so finally we had to have a, a real conversation. i call him, hey, let's have a conversation. Whenever we have a conversation... Uh, it doesn't mean that it's going to go so well at times. It means we're going to talk some real, real words here and, and evaluate some things. And so I finally felt like I, you know, I needed to talk to him because what he was doing, what we were looking at is he was a happy guy, looked good, great looking couple, but he wasn't looking enthusiastic or feeling the showing joy of the privilege that we were having serving at a, at a church. And in the ministry position he was in. So we had to say, hey man, uh, what's going on? Like, what can we do to help enhance that? Like, what can we do? What's going on? And see, so sometimes he, more than times, he didn't even know, and we, we, we had this real conversation, and he responded greatly, and it always turned out well. But when it comes to honoring, when it comes to showing and exemplifying and lifting people up, sometimes it just begins with our body language. When they speak with us, are we smiling and saying, hey, I receive what you're saying to me. I might not agree with it, but I'm receptive. Karen Lahar, she, uh, she writes a lot about body language. She actually says this, a couple key takeaways. I like. She, and, and I always try to kind of coach and talk to our team. She says, you know, people look at at other individuals, if they tilt their head a little bit, you seem more attractive. She says that about body language. And so you hear me up here, if I'm like this, I'm trying to look good to you. (laughs) She also says this, did you know that women are four times more likely to mirror women than men are to mirror a man? That's why, gentlemen, my youth in the back, if you make one woman mad, you got four mad at you because they're going to be like this, like, hey, what's going on? Like, I don't get it. But then she also says this, when you have your arms crossed, your legs crossed, that someone's emotionally disconnected from your conversation. So you might be saying, how are we talking about body language and honor? Because it's all one and the same. It's a posture in the way we live. We're to honor all people. It's an act of worship. You worship God when you wake up. You worship God to when you go to sleep. You worship God when you are laying down on your back. Honoring is the same kind of mentality that we need to have. And because even our hero in our story, David, he honored Saul despite what was coming his way, despite Saul trying to kill him and threaten him. Verse 25 says this, and Saul says to David, Because... Because David had the opportunity to kill Saul, he instead took the spear, took the water jug. If you look on later in the story, he's like, hey, Saul, I could have killed you. I stole the spear that was right next to your head. And because Saul sees this, he sees David up here on this hillside. And you know what? Saul turns away and he says this, David, God bless you. David, my son, you will do great things and you will win. You will do great things and you will win. I believe it was because David led with an attitude and a spirit of honor. See, we just looked at why honor is so important, but let's take a moment and see how do we actually apply it to our lives. And the first one, when it goes to how to honor, is this. Number one is prioritize people. Prioritize, prioritize people. If you want to honor people, you need to prioritize them. And here's the secret sauce. Here's the secret sauce. Honoring others begins with first honoring God. Honoring others begins with first honoring God. Proverbs 3.9 says this, Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. God wants to know he's the best and most important God that you serve, that you live for, that you are living to please Do you love more? And this this is where it gets tough. Do you love God more than your own child? Do you love God more than your own spouse? Do you love God more than your own network? Do you love God more than your friends, your jobs, and your dreams? And the way we show God honor is by putting him first and foremost above it all. Then we can begin to prioritize others. Because he goes on to say, hey, once you understand, if you love God, then I want you to do this. We see it in our text and in scripture all through. It says, do nothing in Philippians two three, says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Jesus even gives us the, the greatest commandment. He says, love God, but then love your neighbors as yourself. When we're able to love God, then we're able to love and genuinely, authentically love people. So let me give you some practical steps on how to prioritize people. Five, real quick, or this. Check in with that person. See how they're doing. Send them a text. How are you doing? Make it consistent. Schedule a time. You can't say we love God and are devoted to God if we're not spending time with God. Schedule time. When's your God time? How are you prioritizing people? When's your time with those close relationships? Are you scheduling moments, dinners, coffees, lunches with people around you? Are you treating people with respect? Number three on this is treating people with respect and courtesy, the golden rule. Are you treating God with respect? Are you treating those around you with respect, despite if they might be the guy who makes a lot less than you or the individual that makes a lot more than you? Are you treating all people the same with respect? Number four to how we prioritize people is this. Say yes and not yes, but. I learned this one the hard way numerous times. My wife, she's a sweet lady. I love her. Brittany over here to my left. There's a lot of times I am guilty of saying yes, but honey, that's not going to work. Yes, but honey, that's too much money. Yes, honey, but I just don't like that idea. I should say yes. And what else do you need from me, babe? Now, if you're a man in here and you're married and you ain't clapping, that means we got some problems. Sign up with Tim. We can take your information. I'll charge you a $50 cover. He'll handle the rest, all right? So here we go. And then create. Conversation. How are you effectively creating conversation with individuals? Are you really saying, God, I got a lot going on in my life. My marriage is in, is in trouble. I need to hand that to you. God, what can I do? Am I living right? Or am, am I really evaluating my heart? Are we creating conversation with the people around us when we prioritize them? How are you really doing? Tell me. Like, what's going on in your life? How's your marriage? Are you doing okay? Like really, like not that typical conversation of, hey, how are you doing? Good. No, like really, speak to me. What's going on in your life? Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Number two, when it comes to how, is this, we need to praise people. Ephesians 4.29 says this, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I believe I have a picture of two special guys in my life, and I think you can see them right there. All right? So on my right, your left, that's my thats my nephew, Drake. You've seen him around. Uh, and then on my left, your right, I should say, yeah, that's right. Okay. On my left, your right, that's my son, Bodie. And uh, they're two best friends. They hang out all week. And uh, I mean, it's a party in Perkins Palace, or the Perkins Palace, I should say. Uh, but here, here's the interesting, unique conversation about this is we get in the car and we drive somewhere from point A to point B if I'm taking my little guy to school down in L.A. or wherever the case might be. And when he gets in the car, he goes, I want to play Drake's song. So I'm like thinking, all right, man, I like Drake. He's a good rapper. Like, <laughs> let's go. But no, what he means by Drake's song is this. There's this guy by the name of Toby Mack, been in the Christian music industry for a while, and he sings this call, song called Speak Life. Now, I absolutely cannot stand that song. <laughs> Partly because it strikes a chord with me. Now, I'm an Enneagram three, meaning I walk into a room and I'm looking at everything as what can be better, the unattainable. That's my mindset. What can we do? To, there's always something that can be better, and that's just my natural wiring. And so, I'm the, when it comes to it, I'm the guy that looks at the glass half empty versus over half full. My wife looks at the glass half full, So whenever we're in conversation or wherever we're, we're navigating certain situations, I'll start kind of going down this track of this, this needs to get better, da, 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 da. And she slowly starts singing this tune, speak life, speak life. (laughs) Bodie, my little guy, speak life, speak life. And it drives me crazy. But the truth of the matter is that's What I need to do, I need to speak life. We need to speak life with people. Paul tells us we need to speak life. We don't need to use foul or abusive language, but we need to use words that encourage one another. People repeat what's rewarded. If you want your children to do something great, reward them for what they're doing that is great. We need to call out the good in our children, we need to call out the beauty. And our spouse, when your spouse comes walking down the stairs, are you saying, "Woo wee girl, let's go to dinner? Like, are we excited? Or are we saying, you know what, that your beautiful, darling. Or maybe you're in this place and you just have friends or wherever you're at. Are you saying, man, thanks for being such a great friend. I enjoy my time with you. You're an amazing person because you always check in with me. Let's encourage our leaders, Pastor Tim, to get up here and speak with a ruptured Achilles. Man, that's tough work. It's tough work when you got two good-looking feet, you know. (laughs) But it's challenging to get up here day in, day out. And I'm telling you, in this city, San Jose, man, you're under like a spiritual oppression. There is like your churches are closing, it's expensive. The devil, the enemy is doing everything he can to say, you know what, I don't want the gospel here in this hard town. Are we encouraging people? Are we encouraging our leaders? Number three for us this morning is this. We need to protect people. John fifteen thirteen says this. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for us, friends. We just came off 4th of July weekend. It's always a fun weekend. It's great. It's exciting. We... Try to shoot fireworks in California, not really. Um, But when you actually take a moment and we look at the independence of America and all the blessings that we have because of the generation of people that came before us, man, that holds weight. That's honorable. That should be acknowledged. And there's people in this room all around us who are a first responder, a military veteran, who serve in maybe one of the branches of our armed forces right now, and for that, who I had a grandfather who was a World War II veteran, for that, I say thank you. For that, the sacrifice you've made, we honor you. Let's give it up for our first responders and our veterans for that. by those veterans, by the first responders. They honor us by giving their lives to protect the freedoms that we have in this land. A culture of honor, as we close right now, is this. A culture of honor is created when we prioritize, praise, and protect people because ultimately that's what Jesus did for us. See, God prioritized us by sending his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to us to die on that cross for each and every one of us so that we can then be praised. When we're found unworthy, God said, you know what, you are worthy. You're my children. I know the hairs on your head. I love you so much that I'm going to give you my one and only son. I can't imagine being in that position where I'm going to give my children up for a perfect stranger. And then God protects us by giving us a very real escape from a very real hell. See, we can explore, we can experience His glory and His. Love by his audacious and radical grace. See, Jesus demonstrated what it meant to honor. David demonstrated what it meant to honor. We're to honor all those around us, to love people, to encourage people, to praise people, protect people, and prioritize people. That's what true honor is. So maybe you're in this place and uh, you're contemplating or trying to wrestle what it means to follow Jesus. I want to encourage you. You have an amazing church team here. Uh, I want to encourage you. There's a a card, I believe, in the chair back. I want to encourage you. Take a moment. Fill that card out. Let someone know, hey, this is where I'm at. You have a ministry team that wants to honor you in, in every capacity of life. They want to journey with you. You have a leader that legitimately is praying that is thinking the best for all the people around this church. He wants to honor you. They want to honor you. And maybe you're in this place and this journey is just very new. Let us know. Let the church know. We want to journey with you. We want to prioritize you. We want to praise you. We want to protect you because we honor you. So let us know, fill out that card in the chair back right in front of you. Hand it to an usher on your way out. And I'm gonna pray for a, a, I'm gonna pray, Pastor Tim, conclude, wrap up. I'm gonna pray for this church. I get to be a guest. I I come in and I leave and I just love seeing so many new faces here. And It's a great, great place. And God has some great things in store because you're a church of honor. I mean, you go back 80 years, that's amazing. So thank you, thank you for being up here. Thank you for taking ground for the kingdom because that's what it's all about. So I'm gonna ask us, let's pray today. If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes and then we're gonna dismiss. And uh, I just wanna encourage you, take that away. Who are you gonna honor this week? There's a discussion guide in the bulletin. Apply it to your life, apply it to your weekly journey. And just ask God, hey God, what do you want from me? Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you for this amazing time together. I I pray that you be with each person in this place. May we just honor you. May we celebrate what you've done. May we prioritize people, our, our, our neighbors, our friends, those all around this church and our workplaces. May we praise them. May we catch them doing something good. May we speak life into their direction. May we speak life into their lives. And God, may we protect people no matter where they're at, no matter who they are, if they're close relationships or people who are far away, may we just continue to protect people as so many have protected us in this room to give us freedom as you have protected us by giving us your son so we can experience a real radical grace. May we be be protected. May we protect people and be with all of those who made first-time commitments today, Jesus. For that, we're very grateful. In your holy name we say, amen.